Would you like to reach our film and TV review podcast audience? Do you have a product or service of interest to film and TV home consumers or followers of the entertainment industry? Have a film or show production to publicize? For affordable price plans for all budgets, get in touch and find out about our introductory advertising options. Reach our audience of film and TV viewers and visit our site contact page at filmandtvreview.com, or you can email us at business at filmandtvreview.com. Reach out today. Welcome to filmandtvreview.com. Catch the latest film, TV and streamed show reviews every week. The views and opinions expressed by the authors and those providing comments are theirs alone. They do not reflect the views, opinions or position of film and tvreview.com or their respective parent companies or affiliates. Film and tvreview.com makes no representations as to accuracy, completeness, correctness, suitability, or validity of any information in this program and is for entertainment purposes only. Episodes may contain adult humor and language. For full terms and conditions see filmandtvreview.com. Hi, and uh, welcome to another edition of uh, Film TV Review, and this is kind of our June uh, uh, roundup, uh, what's been in the last month, uh, with our regular hosts, and I think we'll start with quite a few of the big uh, summer releases, which are already um, well on their way, and actually it's on, on release everywhere from where you are. So... Uh, we'll start with probably one of the most recent ones which has come out and then one of the biggest what's made the biggest uh, kind of like well before the release date and even after the biggest noise and, and so forth is is the flash which is um, Ezra Miller kind of long touted uh, uh, long touted um, well a film that's been in the running a DC um, I would say, not say fan favorite, but actually cinematically, it's been quite a popular character initially in Justice League. But um, I saw it yesterday. Um, uh, Noelle, you saw it, and Richard, yes. you've seen uh, uh, the Flash. So I just kind of thought, what did you, what do you think? There was a lot of hype before this, as in yeah. negative yeah. hype, let's say, and yeah. the reviews yeah. have been quite mixed. So going into it, I was quite neutral, kind of like thinking. Heard good things, heard bad things. So yesterday, I'll just let it, you know, wash over, see what was, you know, what we thought of it as a, a neutral frame of mind. But I'll start with you, Richard, because you saw it just maybe in midweek or something like that. Yeah, yeah. Actually, I saw it on almost the day of release. I think it was released back in Thursday. I watched it on Friday. And... Uh, Surprisingly, as I was saying, that on Friday, uh, 
kind of the first big day because Friday night you expect actually uh, that's the big release of the, of the week. And uh, like I mentioned to you uh, uh, the other day, uh, unfortunately, uh, it was kind of a small uh, room in a movie theater, but where I was, not the biggest one that they have, small screen, um, which is surprising since the big new release. The room was not packed, but still, um, I'm just giving you these details because I know that it underperformed at the box office of, overall. Um, but now about the, the movie itself. Uh, so I, I try not to read uh, uh, reviews before, at least not much, before going to a movie and try to catch up the reviews just after to see if uh, I agree or disagree. And yeah, I was surprised about what I hear about this movie after watching watching it because I kind of enjoy it. So I really enjoy this movie. Um, I have had issues because it has obviously uh, topics that are common with other, especially Marvel properties, the multiverse stuff the, and uh, different realities, alternative realities that we've seen many times in TV shows and movies recently, especially with Marvel or with Sony, with uh, uh, Spider-Verse just a week before. Uh, and actually, I was kind of bored about this topic, that this, they keep using these same ideas over and over again, in my opinion. But still, I believe that actually, but in the flash, they, by, by, by focusing on the main characters, uh, storyline problems and in the end not too not focusing too much or maybe maybe on the third act of the movie only too much on as I said the multiverse stuff and the whole uh, problems that the whole universes will collapse etc but just by focusing on on himself on him on the flash on Barry Allen I thought actually that movie has a lot of heart, and uh, that's why I, maybe I enjoy it even more than even than Spider Verse. Um, it's a very tragic story of Barry Allen, and I think that it's very well uh, shown in that movie, and that's actually why I love the most, more than the big action scenes. Um, I also liked obviously uh, the, the the DC references, let's say. Uh, because I thought actually that for once, uh, maybe again, maybe I'm biased. Huh? It's only a personal opinion. No, you can you can hate me, but I, I thought actually it was not too much compared to, for example, that was my my main problem with Spider Verse. Then in the second part of Spider Verse, there's like a thousand Easter eggs per minute, and uh, it was too much again. Uh, in that case, I thought it was all right. Uh, I am obviously old enough to remember actually uh, the Michael Keaton Batman, so it was uh, cool to see him with the music of Danny Elfman. I, I loved every single scene with Batman. Um, can we go full spoilers? Or? Yes, full spoilers. Okay. okay. Uh, so obviously, I was like a kid, uh, um, or not a kid, but just like someone who actually loved movies and TV shows, and the last, like, I don't know, 20 minutes where all the different universes kind of not collapse, but almost collapse. And you have uh, uh, um, uh, kind of almost screenshots, but or, or uh, uh, um, different 
people who played Batman or Superman or were supposed to play Superman with Nicolas Cage. <laughs> uh, I thought actually that was very nice. I, I, I thought I didn't see that as fan franchise only, but in a way, I don't know if it was intended to, but because of the production of this movie, of the behind the scenes, the fact that actually, and I will try to sum it up so I can let other people talk, but obviously The Flash is at a turning point for the DC movies and Warner because in a way it is the end of an era with DC and Warner, if I understand correctly, with James Gunn being catapulted from Disney to Warner and almost rebooting everything and starting his own thing, but at the same time, not really, not, I'm a bit confused. So in a way, The Flash and I think Aquaman, if it ever gets released, will be the, the last of the DCU as it is now. And that scene, that final scene, I thought actually, <laughs> honestly, if I was a big DC fan, even I could get emotional because I thought actually that scene was kind of an homage to all DC for the last 70 or 80 years or whatever. And that, that's how I actually liked it very much because I, I thought actually that it was the intention. Maybe it wasn't, but that's how I got it. That's how I interpreted it, uh, that scene. Um, and, and in a way, I said, it could, they could stop DC movies now. And I thought that movie could be a great ending to the DC universe of the last 70 years. And also TV shows, by the way, because I think there is also, was there a few screenshots from TV shows as well? Anyway. Yeah, um, I, I, yeah that, that's why I, I like that. Uh, I, maybe, by the way, maybe the kind of segue, maybe the bad box office results of Flash could be actually a, a, a signal to Hollywood actually that they should put the DC movies in standby for, for four or five years. And maybe it should be the end of the DC movies. Like a bit like a Star Wars, uh, they actually are learning by mistake and there is like a huge gap between movies with Star Wars. Maybe there should be a gap, a bigger gap, instead of announcing like James Gunn has, did, has done, announcing like a thousand DC movies and DC TV shows, etc. So yeah, that's uh, my uh, all opinion about the yeah. Flash. Yeah. It did feel like yeah, like I say, it's very. Uh, not only just Easter eggs. I mean, Michael Keaton is 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 actually is part of the, of that plot. You know, but his his Batman was I mean, and his impressive shape as well, seventy one. But he's just absolutely bought it in his A game. You wouldn't mind watching just a Michael Keaton Batman resurgence almost if you say you know that that film. it was very cross marketed very michael keaton batman heavy because ezra miller can't really do any uh press tours uh, safely almost um but uh yeah it was a, like, like a great fanfare of uh, dc from the ages you know even from the um george reeves in the tv show and i think it, i'm surprised it went that back and then christopher reeve and um, I think, well, yeah, I'd say the Nicolas Cage, you know, the, the, the kind of the ones that were never made almost. But so it was uh, quite, I was quite surprised. I didn't expect these things. It was very much like a picturama, really, because they were very CG, you could tell. But it was, at least they acknowledged it. Um, but it was, yeah, it was more like a, you know, it's like a big celebration event of of DC throughout the, yeah, and almost like bookmarking, you know, goodbye to that era, goodbye to this is what we were. And then, Yes. Um, the only thing that was missing, and I think that probably did get a bit of the backlash, which is online, which is what I was thinking, is is no Henry Cavill. Um, there's a strange post-credit scene with Aquaman, but you're thinking, 
Yeah, okay, pointless, but why? And I think originally it was supposed to be Henry Catmill, but I think because I've decided to make a clean break, it's um, and scheduling difficulties, um, they decided it, it, it's a glaring um, omission, honestly. But um, but uh, uh, Noel, you saw you saw yeah, it as well last night. <laughs> yes. <laughs> So it's funny you mentioned the review thing because I just read earlier today that apparently it was there were review bombs for positivity from China to Sony. And also it's so hard though with these reviews because at the same time you have people who won't like it because Ezra Miller, then there are people who don't like it on because of Supergirl, then there's people where there's just too many movies. So there's a lot of very strong opinions out going um, around right now. But honestly, like when I first heard about Ezra Miller and everything, I was like, why don't they just recast Ezra Miller? But then Ezra Miller plays both characters the entire time and very well. If there was a half-assed job done, I feel like they would say, fine, replace. But there was no need. So save themselves there. Um, I was right. There was a Nikolai Coster-Waldo cameo with uh, with a piece of pizza in the movie. And I can't, like I was like, oh, that's him. I think I'm the only one who noticed that though. But apparently, it did happen. That was a cameo. I like that the humor actually worked in the movie. It had a good blend of serious and comedy. But um, I feel like it's better than what Marvel does because Marvel will take like the last Marvel movie I saw was Thor four, and there's this whole cancer part of the uh, movie, and that is overshadowed by humor. I'm like, why is there humor in a cancer storyline of a movie? What is going on? But the CGI, it got noticeable for me because I would notice, oh, this is just so much CGI that I can't focus on anything else, which is sad. But I thought the CGI for two Ezra Millers was very good. Um, But I thought they did a good job with the, you know, playing the two different characters. But the Christopher Reeve cameo, I expected because as I was saying last night, like, Christopher Reeve liked playing Superman, so I could see his family being like, yeah, sure, you can put him in. Um, I'm surprised that they didn't put in all the TV shows, like the other Flash and everything, the Flash actor, Justin, who doesn't abduct children. But, you know, I'm surprised they didn't do that. But I don't know why they got rid of Henry Cavill. They also got rid of a Linda Carter cameo. Why would you do that? I like Linda Carter. We all like Linda Carter, but I guess... Yeah, I, I don't know if it's scheduling or not. There was a lot in there. I was pleased, but I said some glaring camera. Yeah. Uh, and um, uh, though Gal Gadot surprisingly made her, he's right uh, behind you. At the Is he beginning. gonna give like a witty line and then leave after thirty seconds? It wasn't like... even a witty line. Well, she she had a little comedy bit, and then she left. And I'm thinking, okay, um, it's like it's almost like saying goodbye to that character herself. Um, <laughs> I don't yeah. know. Yeah, the CG was a bit glaring. Unfortunately, yes. Normally, you, you shouldn't really hold a film up to a strength to have with the CD. You, you, yeah. If it's bad enough, you'll give it a bit of a, a blind eye. Um, but with this, with like say, suddenly with those uh, the children's wall and the falling, it, it looked like comically. Well, it looked like cartoonish. I'm thinking it's like a pre-render thinking, Well, what yeah. is that doing in an A-grade movie like this? You really yeah. can't get in the way when people are going to the cinema and paying. And they expect everything. We know it is, you know, yeah. uh, to be the best of what it can be, and it was just odd. And even yeah. with the cameo picture and stuff, it looked like very just CG. So, you know, I, 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 yeah. I, it was, it was surprising that that sort of thing. I normally yeah. wouldn't really give it too much, hold it up to uh, bear that much, but it was because it's it's so much part of the action and yeah, yeah. of scenes. It's just odd. It just really takes you out, but. 
Um, but I, I, I agree. Uh, Esther was actually he's good in this. Actually, actually did a good job. Like, oh, yeah, actually. like just a good job. Not even just for a superhero movie. Just a good job. Because if you put, I don't want to name names here, but if you put a random Marvel actor. Marvel actor number five and Marvel actor number five turned out to be a pervert. They would probably replace him easily. But this guy's such a good actor as Ramiller that it makes up for it. But also Michael Keaton did a good job in it. And I know a lot of non-superhero fans are seeing it for Michael Keaton. Um, and I think if they had Linda Carter, more people who don't like superhero movies but are there for Linda Carter would come and see it. Um, so... But all those cameos, that that was really cool. I just, I don't know why they didn't bring in the Flash show or the Supergirl show. Supergirl did a good job. A lot of people yeah, don't yeah. want to see it because she's, I guess, a woman. But I guess, uh, I think she did a good job. She's a good in, Supergirl. In, in the small amount of, like, r- relatively yeah. small amount of dialogue, um, I was, and I wasn't in the trees. I was only thinking yeah. much of it, thinking, yeah, ho-hum, whatever. She was actually very good. A lot of presence there, i got to say. A lot of yeah. presence. She's the really only good. one. She's the only one doing press, and she's the only one on the poster, which is so <laughs> funny to me. They're like, it's, it's a Supergirl movie. There's no one else. There's no crazy child abductor in this movie. Look at Supergirl. So, pretty funny. <laughs> there is, uh, I think, still every scene was me was um, yeah. Michael Keaton for me. You know, even, you know, he was exposition heavy, but he was in it a lot more than I thought. And it was mm-hmm. he kind of like, uh, he was the highlight. Uh, Ezra is a great performance as it is. But Michael Keaton just, you know, it's you can see why he's such a good, you know, with or without the um the mask, he's such a such a I don't know, there's something you could just always watch when he's on the screen. And uh-huh. um, it's great to see him. Uh, but um yeah. So if I was gonna say, you know, out of a ten, just kind of randomly, what would what would you give it? And um uh, Richard, I mean I think Richard well, I can't really tell what 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 would you say anything out of ten, Richard? Seven, uh, eight? Seven point five. Yeah. yeah. Seven point five. What's yeah. the what's the half point for? I don't know. <laughs> um, I'd give it a seven as well. Actually, yeah. you know, I'm, I'm, yeah. quite, I'm quite surprised how good it turned out. It. Uh, we are talking about box office though. Yeah, and white suffering. And I think it's been such a crowded. I mean, the weekend before it's just a crowded, particularly crowded season. Last weekend, I did see. Uh, Transformers Rise of the Beast just for the sake I thought I just thought I've got to try and write a review for it and um, mm-hmm. I get very pleasantly surprised by it it's very much a 1990s throwback um, and I think one of the main leads Ramos uh, Ramos somebody is um, very very strong presence in it very but uh, again what you've got so much I mean you've got obviously that was only a week ago then you've got this and then maybe a week and a half or so, or 10 days, it's going to be uh, in the end. There's I so mean, many movies, but then when I want to go to the movies in like November or February, there's nothing. You need to spread these things out more. So just I get a just to get traction and a room to breathe. I mean, and it wasn't that long ago about Spider-Man into, into Spider-Verse. And, um, that's, the, that's the question I'm, I'm asking myself. And maybe I can ask you guys actually, yeah, why it happened. Why it happened actually, but... The studios actually decided to release almost everything in the same month. When you think about it, I, I don't know. I'm, I'm pretty sure maybe the post-production was delayed for some of them, but I'm pretty sure that some of them could have been released in May or in April. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Well, is is July, August going to be that crowded? Because these are one of the, some of the big uh, 
big names that were coming out. Right. I mean, it's already July, this month. July, July is crowded when you think about it. Barbie, Oppenheimer, Mission Impossible. Oh. Yeah, I think because maybe people have more time to go to the movies, basically. In June, yeah. Well, yeah, it's well, a it's yeah, yeah, summer yeah. season in the U.S. I suppose, but it's still you know you kind of like you need even films need room to breathe in the big blocks, so you need that traction, that word of mouth, and then like oh I'll catch it by next weekend. However, when you've got this other when you're kind of shuffle, I felt I felt a bit sorry for Transformers almost because it's only had one week relatively good word of mouth or depending on which side of the coin of the Transformers coin you uh, fall on it's uh, relatively speaking for it it's done quite well word of mouth and so um, but then you've got this other you know you've got uh, The Flash coming out which uh, just a week yeah. later on its heels before that Spider-Man which which um, you did mention earlier, Richard. Um, anyone else see Spider-Man on my Yeah, a good question. Just to answer Alfonso first. But Alfonso, in August as well, people have a lot of time. But usually in August, there's not like a huge amount of big blockbusters in a row, right? Well, uh, because well, sometimes also, so, the summer in the US ends in August. In the middle of August, people are starting school again. Yeah, school. Well, it's kind of weird because in the U.S., there's not really a single school start date. It varies in the yeah. state and the region, yeah. so it's all staggered. But I think it's just the idea that that's sort of like the quiet time before the Oscar season starts up in September. But I mean, you still have like tentpole movies and other times of year. I mean, yeah, you mentioned November. November, maybe in other countries that's different, but November uh, this year at least is going to be pretty busy in the U.S. Because you know, like I mean, yeah, Thanksgiving and Veterans Day in the U.S., but yeah. also this year in the, uh, November, because of everything getting delayed, yeah, uh, you have like the Marvels oh. getting released in November, mm-hmm. and then you have the Hunger Games prequel or whatever it is getting released in November. No, uh, the, the Dune yeah, sequel. In the U.K., there were like no movies to see because I tried. There were like two over the course of three, no, like November, like October, November, December, but there were like no movies. Which is sad because I remember in America there were more movies around that time. No, but then, it also happens that in November it's usually, I mean, it's it's because if you premiere in November, hopefully you can go through Thanksgiving until Christmas right, to get all that money. Yeah, and it, it 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 comes to the usually it comes to the to Europe at the same time pretty quickly unless there's something like a World Cup. Or something like that that makes right, things. right. Okay, yeah, that's like a sporting event, and yeah, they may not want to. I remember, like uh, several years ago, there were uh, some kind of wonky release dates because they released a number of films in Europe before they released them in the U.S. because they didn't want to conflict with the uh, the Euro, uh, the European Cup tournament. So they released certain films. I forgot what year it was. I think it's. 2018 or 2016? I, I can't remember what year, but they released it like earlier in June. Probably 2021. And, yeah, no, no, not last year, but I mean, like, this was several years ago. There were some films, ah. and it was like, why are they releasing them in Europe so much earlier? It's like, oh, because they don't want to release it at the same time as this uh, football tournament. So, and then you also have the issue with uh, May 1st, May Day. That's not a public holiday in the US, but it's a public holiday in many other countries around the world. So, is this trying to you know, work it out with all the different release, international yeah. release schedules. Lately, it 
blockbusters have been more spread out throughout the year, but you still get your more, let's say, kids uh, uh, tiring blockbusters in the summer because they don't have school, basically. But also don't forget, because of the pandemic, a lot of things have just kind of been pushed back. And now they're being pushed back again because of the uh, writer's strike. and They don't want empty slots on the calendar for so you're getting all these like constant updates from like Disney and the other studios of like okay we're moving everything back to next year and year after and now like the final avatar movie is going to be in 2030 something i don't know so they're just, they're just trying to adjust everything accordingly that doesn't even include you know the possibility of if sag goes on strike or if something else happens yeah, and everyone left the Christmas this year for Avatar and Puss and Boots. It was no, there was nothing else, literally, yeah. this Christmas in particular. Okay. Right. Well, I mean, um, I mean, but actually, what else have you seen? Has anyone did see? By the way, I'm just going to mention what what we did see. Um, did anyone see Spider Man across the, the Spider Verse? Who, who didn't? <laughs> well, James Gunn, yeah, maybe I don't know. Didn't. I, I didn't like it as much as um, and we mentioned this before, Richard. It, 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 Richard, the biggest fan of obviously the Matrix sequels. He's basically, you know. Yeah. So yeah. So. But it did I'm, remind I'm, me of the Matrix too. I mean, yeah, it was an interesting so, yeah. analogy actually. Well, well it's a cliffhanger, but it's much better than that. Well, it, it's not. It's not omnivocally cliffhanger. But uh, I, I'm going to be boring if I start talking about this. So I'd rather let other people talk. But because I have a strong feeling that half of that movie has a lot of ideas and strong ideas, not just by just because movies look like, like each other, because there's not a thousand stories to tell, etc. There are a lot of ideas in that second half of that movie that look extremely a lot like Matrix Reloaded. And it's not only the cliffhanger ending. I'm not saying it's bad or not, by the way. I'm a fan of Matrix. But the problem for me is that I'm such a huge fan of the Matrix trilogies, like Star Wars for some people, a lot of the rings, like, etc. I know them by heart. So in the second half, feeling this deja vu feeling all the time, it took me off sometimes. I, I couldn't shake that feeling. And it was bothering me so much. So And it took me like couple of hours afterwards to understand why. But it's not a big deal. I mean, it's fine. I mean, it's a, it's a good movie anyway. Honestly, I, I did enjoy it. But it definitely, definitely, there are a lot of things that were similar. I don't want to create an issue. Yeah, but I, I kind of actually, I kind of agree on some other points that you mentioned, maybe in private we mentioned. And it was, I, I mean, the first one is kind of very poppy. It's great, very fresh and all that. This one here, visually, also very fresh, very, and you can see it's just, you know, it's kept that standard, so, and it's still quite surprising. However, it is a bit long. It is two hours and a half. I think two hours something, and it doesn't warrant it, it because as some, it, it's very rapid, a lot of the visually. However, the story is very plods along, and it could have been told in 90 minutes, and it's even like a cliffhanger. It's basically... Hey, we have. I, I have a. You know, his, his nemesis is is able to jump dimensions and so forth. He discovers there's a group. You know, his spider kind of like group who are also trying to find this 
person and you know and then miles finds out you know his proper role in, in this is maybe it's a bit of a mistake that he's there but it, but that's it it's a very thin story and a lot of scenes are very just dialogue heavy scenes repeating a point about family and responsibility like it's like it's like fine but it needs to for, for animated i think it needs to be a feature they work best when they're a bit tighter quite honestly there's so much visually going on but it felt a bit slow even though it's not slow narratively it's just not tight enough and i didn't and- like it as much as the first one which is probably perfect in its own way and fresh and perfect this one is like it if it was tighter been a bit better, but it, it was okay. I prefer the Flash to, than to this. If you're going to pick your multiverse st- story, it's it, of or summer movie. I'd pick the Flash over this easily. And one one question: Do you think this movie ha- has two protagonists in Gwen Stacy and Miles Morales? Oh, oh, oh I see. Yeah, I, yeah. yeah. They, well, they out they outweigh yeah. the antagonists. You're right, actually. <laughs> Because I mean, uh, one one reason because why it's long is because when starts the movie for a long stretch, yes. and she has her own storyline basically, which is very very big for being a secondary character that I don't know if she is actually. No, no, it's like just like a co-lead almost. Yeah. Same same it, it normally would be the B story, but then it's given that amount of screen time as well. You're right. So we jump. Well, it's, it's happy. Are we, are you thinking, oh, and you're quite, you know, you, you wouldn't mind jumping and seeing what her perspective, you wouldn't mind it, but you, you're servicing both. And it's like, hmm, and then almost a third one is in the, you know, the 2099 character. Oh, you mean uh, Miguel O'Hara? Yes, yes. Who's kind yeah, of Isaac, well yeah. And it's like, well, I mean, okay, interesting, but yeah. Just too much going on in narrative while well, just juggling. So I didn't enjoy it as much as like everyone was saying, oh, it's really, oh. and then a lot of these headlines like, oh, it's one of the best films of the year. And same with The Flash. It's one of the greatest superheroes oh, vi- vi- of all time. Vi- vi- visually, visually, it is one of the best thing uh, I've seen for a very long time. That's true. Vi- vi- visually, it's, it's extraordinary. Visually, it makes me think of Arcane on Netflix, and I thought Arcane was pretty impressive as well. So, visually, it's it's it set its own standard, honestly, and it's um, yeah, br- brilliant and funny and everything. so much going on. But doing that for two hours or a half or something is it, just a bit much. Doing for ninety minutes, just perfect. On the um, encouragingly, that cliffhanger does hint that it's going to be the old group from the original movie that were coming back together, and it kind of feels like, oh, that's quite exciting because you have some really great little characters going on there, and it, it and somehow they balanced it all where it's a they're kind of like super true, but that limited characters, more limited, but it was, uh, you know. Very, very engaging and some good a good voice cast to it. But anyway, I'm not, I think I'm looking forward to that third part rather than what this was. So uh, that's kind of my take on it, really. Right. Um, anyone? Did anyone else see any other things outside these summer movies over the last month or so? Um, I got to mention. I'll just mention because I'm probably the only person who saw it. But I did see Extraction Two with um, Hemsworth, Mr. Hemsworth himself. Um, be curious 
It's uh, I mean, did anyone see the first one? The first one is quite a uh, it's quite quite enjoyable action with a bit of heart, basically uh, extraction of a small boy in, in within a warring group. I think it's somewhere in India. Quite quite very good good action movie, but quite a lot of heart to it. Here it is more of a just say another extraction of. I think more his sister of his ex-wife and little boy from a from a gang or kind of like a mobster family. Um, it's more of the same, but not so much heart to it. So I didn't feel it was. It felt like again a bit more of the same, a bit bloated. A good um, performance from I think the woman who played his handler in the first one. So you know other characters showing their skills there, but. Um, did, did seem to prod along because you've seen it before almost, but not so much of this connecting heart. Uh, but again, seems to hint at it wants to a part three, which is, I think has already been agreed upon. So it's quite, um, um, I don't know. Um, I mean, it, it, it's good. It's good action, but it is maybe not so much heart as the first one. So that's my, just my quick take on that. Okay. Anyone else seen anything? So if you want to say it. I have watched The Little um, Mermaid. <laughs> All right, then. Tell me, what did you think, Alfonso? It Is was it a... out of this world. No. <laughs> 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 um, I don't know. It was charming. You have to see it in the original language because at least in Spanish, you they sing in Spanish. So there's no holly voice to... Uh, enchant you because she has a like such a wonderful voice the um the main actress and and it's not the same when they sing they sing in spanish oh. uh but i i actually sw- switched <laughs> movie theaters oh, in really? the the day. like i started i switched the rooms because i was like no no there's a no, there's an original version playing right next to me. No, oh. I got to, I got to, I gotta go. <laughs> and I lost like I, I, they were like twenty minutes behind, so I didn't miss anything. Anyway, um, it, it, I like the actors. It's, but it's the thing like, whenever you have one of these live action remakes, it feels like you, you still have the, the animation playing in your head at the same time. It's weird. You're always comparing. It's so difficult to... You, you can never win, really, with these things. And even when... Uh, unless you forget, you can do some kind of uh, uh, erasure of the spotless mind, sunshine thing, and you kind of forget about the previous one, because if not, it's always... How can you compare with animation? Mm. Uh, it's... I don't know. It was, it was fine. It was fine, but the comparison just makes it pale a little bit yeah. in comparison. Is it yeah. worth going to see, or would you rather? Because I have Disney Plus, or should I wait a few months for Disney Plus? I mean, well, I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> I mean, yeah. It's a it's a nice story. Everything seems very like charming and sweet she's very sweet she's like very very like 
tender, sweet kind of performance. And, and her and the prince are not so vivacious as they were in the animation, I guess, with those big eyes and those movements of animation, you know. And, and the new songs are not so good, I would say. There's one about the scuttlebag or something like that, that the bird sings, which is directly a little bit bad, I would say. But it doesn't, it doesn't, it doesn't try to be good, I would say either, but I don't know, I don't know. Uh, I, I, it's not unmissable. <laughs> it's not bad. There are some really good performances. In the end, it really ends on a high note, emotion-wise, because the actor, uh, like Javier Bardem, the, the, they, they really, the, there's good chemistry between the characters in, in general, I would say. And you can feel emotion, like they, they play it well, oops. So well, that's good to know. Thank you, because I just rewatched the uh, move, the original and the sequel a couple nights ago. So I was just wondering, you know, oh, how you, it, if you have done so, maybe you're because you were preparing to watch it in this one. I mean, I would, then I would go. Uh, uh-huh. uh, have you uh, seen the prequel as well? Uh, the animated. Yeah, yeah. yeah, I've seen every Disney prequel, sequel, sequel, all of okay. that. I actually think the second Little Mermaid is better than the first one. So. What? Very unpopular opinion. Oh, that's, that's interesting. It's actually a good trilogy. Um, actually, the best Disney princess movie is the third Cinderella movie because oh, she's back time. in time. Yep, yeah. and it's very, very good. It's one of the best things on Disney Plus. So, highly recommend the Disney so, princess movie that goes back in time. <laughs> wow, this is a new dimension of like Cinderella is a trilogy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> well, plus the opera. And plus the musical. The, yeah, the, the Cinderbus. The Cinderbus. Yeah, hell yeah, yeah we need that. <laughs> oh, we God. need that. Actually, the original actress for Cinderella just died a few years ago, maybe 10 years ago, Eileen Woods from the 50s. So that's pretty cool. Yeah, she could have done the sequels, but I guess when you're in your 90s, you don't want to do Cinderella sequels. <laughs> <laughs> no. Um, right. Um, anything else? Any big uh, title? Anyone else? I got one more. I did see that more on Netflix. But uh, anything that Mo- movies only? Andrew Andrew movies, raises all, all shows, all shows. But over, and, yeah, and, was... Andrew Andrew raises end anyway. Oh yeah, because uh, there's like a bunch of stuff. Um, but I'm just trying to remember what I saw because sometimes I see it like well before it gets released, just because of advanced screenings and whatnot. But and then it also they have the international bit. Um, but I saw a couple of horror films. I guess they're in that horror genre. Uh, one is The uh, Blackening, which mm. got, in the U.S. anyway, got released this weekend because of Juneteenth, which is like a new public holiday. It's actually been around for a while, but it just got signed into law as a public holiday like a couple of years ago. Mm. And so it's about these um, friends who knew each other from their university days who get together for Juneteenth and someone keeps like taunting them or stalking them. And uh, it kind of seems like a similar setup to other horror films, but it's done more like a satirical uh, bit. And also with the idea that, you know, these are all uh, African-American characters. So uh, I would say 
I mean, there's a social commentary, but I would say it leans a little bit more on the comedic than the horror side. Uh, I'm just saying that because if someone wants to go for something that's just straight horror, maybe they may be disappointed. But I thought for what it was, you know, satirical and kind of poking fun at some of the, not just the tropes regarding, you know, race in horror films, but even just horror tropes in general, just to poke fun at them. Uh, I thought it was pretty good. And uh, it also helped to see it in a crowded cinema. I mean, there definitely was a crowd that was really into it. Uh, uh, again, this was at an advanced screening. So uh, I guess they wanted to get the word out about um, this film. And then I saw, getting back to horror, something more straight horror, uh, The Boogeyman, which seems a little more cliche now, but it's kind of a thing where it's based on a story from Stephen King that he wrote, I think, literally 50 years ago. So some of the stuff that's from that story or ideas, I mean, because it's more of an expansion of what he wrote originally. So... Like, I guess his was just more of a short story, and this is more of like a feature length, so it's more expanded. Uh, but certain things just may be more, I don't say cliche, but more taken for granted now, and I guess it may be newer when he wrote them. Uh, having said that, yeah, you see it, you may find things that are similar to like Smile or some other horror films that have come out recently, or like The Grudge, or like the J horror stuff. Um, I mean, it was okay, but I just wish, because there were certain things that were brought up in the film regarding characters, and then it's just sort of like not really addressed again. And I mean, I thought it was all right. Uh, Chris, Chris Messina plays one of the main characters. Um, he's, he's done a number of things. I could look up what he's done, but uh, he plays the father and one of the main characters. It's, it's basically him and his two daughters, and uh, he's recently lost his wife girls are mothers so uh, they're trying to combat this supernatural entity that's kind of latched onto them and that kind of makes you think of like j-horror type tropes um and then other than that i've seen some stuff on streaming and uh, not going to get too much into that i also had um, the chance to go to awesome con this weekend which is a big comic con event for this area so that was nice to see not just a celebrity guest, but some of the cosplayers, some of the vendors, some of all the different people who are in that community selling their artwork or their comics or whatever. Uh, and that was really great. It's always nice to have something like that. Uh, and at the celebrity panels, they also will try to mention upcoming things. It's not like San Diego or New York where they do like whole like panels for just a show or a movie. They, they don't do that at this one. It's not that big. But like I went to the Karen Karen Gillian panel, uh, and she mentioned that she has a film coming out called Sleeping Dogs, I think, with Russell Crowe, like a thriller. Uh, and uh, and I think Var Burton, I went to his panel, and he mentioned something about producing a documentary about literacy because I, I think that's something that he's really passionate about. And this interesting uh, to doing Star Trek, he's done. Uh, host of this program called Reading Rainbow, which is um, a show that advocates literacy. So so that that was something that I did. Okay. So definitely a lot of stuff. Yeah. yeah. Um, okay. Um, well, I did catch two, well, I guess 
had a bit of a Arnold fest, let's say. Um, there were two. I mean, he's, he's. I think they're really working in the room with Netflix. Some um, Arnold Schwarzenegger, of course. Um, I did catch the series Fubar, which I kind of thought was going to be terrible. And I am half right. It is kind of terrible, but it's kind of like when you can put your brain into neutral. It's a very kind of like B movie trope where he's retired from. Uh, I think a as a CS. CIA operative or kind of a deep undercover operative, and he's he's kind of like, uh, like a spy. But he feels like it's like a sequel to True Lies, where he's retired. He's 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 on his last job, and he's retired, and he's just wondering what to do with his life. And then he finds out he's been called for one one last job almost, but it's a bit of a twist. Oh, I say twist. Uh, he he has to rec- rescue a, another operative who's fallen into uh, trouble. And then he finds out that it's actually his daughter, who he didn't know was actually he's also a spy. And comedy hijinks ensue. Uh, but it feels like, ah, oh, this is going to be really terrible. And you always want to hate watch it. But it actually gets a bit better. For some way, it kind of gets quite knowing knowing about it. So it's very self-aware. So it gets kind of like very, you have some kind of comedic situations where, you know, they kind of like work out there, you know, oh, you didn't tell me that you were a spy. And then, are you a good father? It feels like, oh, this is just absolutely something that you like 10 years, 20 years out of date. But it just about flies on the right side of being enjoyable without being too taxing. I think that's the best quote I can say for that series. It's okay. But I think it's been renewed for season two. So whether you like it or not, yeah, you're going to get it. I did also, though, see uh, he has a documentary out by Netflix, which is a three-parter called Arnold. And this is basically quite well organized. It does kind of go through the three phases of his uh, numerous careers. Of course, starting as a in the bodybuilding uh, world and then making a splash in the, in the acting world and, of course, responsible or involved in some of the big... Uh, action movies of, of the 80s and, and, and basically the top star of that era. Um, and then it goes in the third part, the political part where he became governor of California. Um, it, it, it's basically him in his own words as well. So he's talking to the camera. So you think it's just going to be a bit of a very kind of like a soft focus, very, very, you know, um, not very an in-depth kind of look at him. But I think by part three, it does actually get a bit more candid about, you know, some of the allegations made about misconduct with women and uh, the kind of like affair he had and, you know, he has a son uh, now uh, at, you know, with with a maid, let's say, Um, but he's quite open about it. So it's not as if it's all kind of like a fan fest, really. I mean, it is interesting. Not as in-depth as you probably would think if it was a third party or independent party telling the story, but it's 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 fair enough. Only by the third act. But if you're interested in more what is his drive or what does drive him or, or how he handles the negativity and so forth, it's quite interesting just, just to see what his driven character, his, his, his driven mechanism is. I mean, whether you like him or not or you're a fan or not, it, it's just interesting what motivates him to kind of excel in three different fields almost. And it, 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 it's not a coincidence that he has pushed himself to the top of kind of, in three different eras of himself. So it, it is quite impressive, almost a, a 
objectively just just to see if you can tell what what, what drives him. It's not as in depth as you think it would should be, but it, it it's some parts are quite illuminating. I think it's what he does say or doesn't not say it, it, it is quite insightful. But anyway, that that was Arnold, and that I think is on Netflix as, as well. Um, right, anyone else catch anything on streaming this last before we? This movie came out, like, I think it was even two years ago. Not that I don't think anyone here would watch this movie, but it's called Crush. It's a high school love story, but it's gay. It's these two women, but it was actually really good. So, and it was pretty funny. Um, But it came out on streaming, like, a year or so ago, but it was funny. So I watched it. Is that with uh, Aeli Caballo? Yeah, Aeli Caballo. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's pretty funny. It's on Disney Plus and Hulu or one or the other. And, and the actress from Girl Meets World is... Uh... Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, okay, then. And it's really funny. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I liked it. Uh, but it's like a just typical teen movie. So So what's the premise? So the premise is there is this um, artist going around school who is like uh, graffitiing the school, but it's artwork. And they think the main character is doing it, but she's not. But she has to pro- find out who it is doing this. And um, basically also to make up for graffitiing has to join an after school sport, which she does uh, because her crush is on the, on the uh, track team, but she ends up falling in love with the, her crush's sister. So that's pretty interesting while also having to prove that she's not this graffiti artist. It's, it's a love triangle kind of thing, if that makes sense. So. With graffiti in the middle of it. <laughs> graffiti at school. Yeah. 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 Like all over campus. <laughs> Apparently, this is a big problem. I never experienced a problem like that at school. So, but you know, pretty funny. And mm-hmm. it's but yeah, they also came out with a full Monty show. Apparently, I haven't seen that. And then they just released all the indie movies on Disney Plus in the show. So, all three indie movies and the TV show. So, very nice. Mm-hmm. I mean, you mean four, four Indiana, three, three oh, yeah, Indiana Jones Indiana. movies. Oh, okay. yeah, all right. Three, I think. Yeah, about aliens. Yes. Well, I, I think we. Well, well, we have to do an indie special, by the way. I'm gonna try to do. That so we I think do. we have. To, I think it's good to, to covering the free, um, the free films that were made, the indie films that were made. Um, yes. Um, the full Monty. I did see that uh, trailer. I was thinking, why? I mean, that. Yeah. Why. Yeah, why? Do people I mean, have that... nostalgia for the full Monty, really? I mean, it's funny. It's a musical, too, I think. Yeah, it's a musical. I thought they would have brought back the musical, but no, they didn't. So I guess they just wanted... I don't know. I don't know why they make these decisions, but, you it's know. Just not, it's just not needed. Yeah, it's not needed. No, it's no, no. It's not needed, that's all. Well, maybe we'll have the full Monty bus, because <laughs> <laughs> we need a franchise everything. Actually, it's kind of timely because it's about these guys and the only way they can make decent money is becoming like strippers or whatever. That's so timely with OnlyFans and everything now. People are like, I'm not going to be a waitress. I'll just get an OnlyFans. So, <laughs> yeah, Very it's a nice. classic story. It's a classic uh, rags. <laughs> we'll see what happens there. I have um, watched the sexy kind of mess of a, f- a streaming series called The Idol on HBO. <laughs> That's, oh, that's yeah. I saw, I saw a parody of it from Chloe Feynman, but I haven't watched this. Yeah, it's it's um it's I 
heard there were many troubles in the production and they had to reshoot a lot. So I don't, I don't know if they are using sex to distract you from a messy story narrative or something. Because <laughs> it's like weirdly structured. There's not too much plot to it. But I don't know. It has a vibe. It go it, it has a vibe and and people are committed to it committed to it the the actors mm -hmm. I kind of enjoy it it's not I I let myself be uh, told whatever they want to tell me <laughs> and so far I think I'm gonna continue watching it so, so it sounds like uh... And I was said Euphoria, which is the same kind of vibe with very high profile. Does anyone watch it anymore? Or did it just drop off the radar? Um, no, Euphoria is still very popular. Still very popular. But, but although the second season was not so interesting as, as the first. And it has that kind of same cool factor. Although the idol, it doesn't have a... It's, the critics have been very harsh with it and mm. had destroyed any kind of relevancy that well doesn't have any kind. It's like Euphoria tries to be somehow rooted in a teenager's lives, although it's fantasy, let's say, in many ways. But the idol is straight up fantasy of how it is to be a pop star. It doesn't, I don't think it has to do much with any kind of reality. It's, a, it's like an independent movie stretched it's uh, about a girl who is a pop uh, pop star and she gets involved with this kind of shady dude played by the weekend who can be a cult leader or a or a, a talent or music talent manager or something in between he's called Tedros Tedros and he is a joke of a character Kind of like, I don't know, everything feels kind of jokey and strange and independent. The, the main actress, she's the daughter of, is it Irma Furman and? Johnny Depp and Vanessa Paradis. Vanessa Paradis. No, the, yeah, is it, the other one you're thinking of is on Stranger Things. Yeah, yeah. That's my, my heart. Yeah. Oh, yeah, my that's what I was thinking of. Strange, yeah. well. Well, I, I'll just be a segue. Did you see that announcement? Uh, Stranger Things, who's going oh, to be Linda Hamilton. Cast? Linda Hamilton. Linda Hamilton. <laughs> it's the 80s all over again. I, wonder, I hope she just kicks ass. I mean, I think it's... Um, when is the next series? Yeah. Of, next oh, well, year, they're right? on pause right now because of the writer's strike, so yeah. they're not doing any filming right now. I, I'm afraid I'm afraid this would take a long time because even before the writer's strike, they were planning to have this... TV show release break. not before no. not before 2025 and that was ah. before the writer strike to be honest. God, if there's still a Netflix around by then, that's... yeah. But uh, to answer uh, uh, Alfonso, actually, I, I'm thinking of actually subscribing to uh, to Apple because I can see actually that although it's not the first streaming service that people think about with Netflix and Amazon uh, being like the two main bigs one or Disney Plus. I can see more and more actually uh, good stuff coming from there, too. coming from uh, Apple. I mean, Ted Lasso has a lot of success. Yeah. 
Euphoria that you mentioned, and I saw also a trailer for the second season of Foundation, but I'm a big fan of the oh. books, and, and I still haven't watched it, to be honest. I, I'm afraid to start because I, I feel that this thing is too big to be adapted, and at some point they're going to cancel it in the yeah. middle of it. They need at least 10 years to adapt these things. So I don't know if they're going to go all the way 10 seasons, but I still want to, I'm still curious to see it, to be honest. I, it, it's on my list, but I'm thinking, yeah, exactly. Like I'm thinking exactly what you're thinking. Like It's, it's going to run out of money somehow, or they're going to just drop it, and they think, oh, and, uh, but, uh, What yeah. happens with me and Apple is that... Mm, I see there are some, there is some good stuff there, but I, the last thing I oh, tried yeah. to watch there was The Crowded Room. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't think they are promoting it very much, or I'm not, it doesn't, doesn't, lately it is not having any kind of uh, Twitter, let's say, <laughs> hype for any of their things. They, 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 it's not criticized, it's not so I feel like I am watching shows that nobody else is watching. <laughs> kind of like. I, I'm, I think I'm waiting for just to, that one or two to break through big hype. I think the seem to the bubbling underneath the surface thinking, oh, you, because you've got so many of these big, big hitter series, or and I know Netflix are putting a lot of money. Oh, had did put a lot of money in these big you know, B-movie blockbusters. and uh, But, uh, yeah, with Apple, it seems to be really great quality stuff. Um, although I'll say that about HBO as well, honestly. But it, it, I'm just waiting for that big one to to break through across the Twitterverse, across the YouTube. I said, Ted Lasso, I keep hearing good things about yeah. it. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And also, and also yeah. there is one, but a colleague of mine, I don't know, maybe you guys also, but a colleague of mine definitely told me that my, I might like, is it with... Uh, Adam Scott? Severance? Yeah, yeah, Severance, yeah. Yeah, yeah I have watched that. It's, it, it, it's interesting. It's uh, okay. quirky. Quirky and mysterious. And okay. it has a very good premise. I guess mm-hmm. you know the premise. It's a... No? Uh, no? no? Then I won't no, spoil it. No. But it has a... <laughs> it has a you, can, you can see it in the first episode. Uh, it's a okay. very, very, very original premise, let's say. Okay. It's uh, one of the one of the top five most original shows of last year, I would oh. say for for sure. If not the top one or top two, basically, okay. and and um, yeah, it's uh, it's something that has. I mean, it has a good quality, and it has it needs still have leaves mysteries to be solved in the second season which i think it has had some trouble in production so i don't know but i think that showrunner must have some kind of uh plan to or map to go uh, through uh yeah yeah but still is not watched by many people as i think anything in streaming apart from that from the hbo show of the week Maybe that's why why I'm watching the idol because I feel like, <laughs> but it's not it's not really that that's that I I like water cooler shows for that aspect of like that's but also that's, the, the online that's the presence. That's a recurring problem with uh, TV shows that uh, we just mentioned with Foundation is that actually that yeah you, you you take a bet let's say you bet actually on the show and you hope actually that there would be an ending, but actually yeah, you not... be, literally yeah yeah sometimes sometimes. You, you feel like you're watching shows and nobody else in the world 
and then they cancel them. The idea that, by the way, it has been canceled. It's it's that it's not going to have a second season, but I don't really care that much, actually. With the idol, I, yeah, the idol has oh. been canceled already. It only, oh. it, it, it was a, it, it is it's a mess. It's a mess of, of <laughs> and because, and it's yes, sorry. Because no, because even I heard about you know I, I didn't see sure, but then when you mentioned, I think wait a minute, I have heard a lot on a lot of noise, and it was I was feel like it was going to be a water cooler. Uh, moment show, but it's been no. cancelled already. Just like it's burnt no, out already. The, the premise almost. It premiered in Cannes, the Cannes, yeah. the Cannes Festival. Yeah. Uh, they tried. Oh. It's just not. There's nothing there. I, I, I mean, it is not. It's not a show for a wide audience. I won't say that there is nothing there because I still enjoy it. For for it's queer, also not quirky, but. It's very specific uh, tone and not for everybody, mm-hmm. let's say. You cannot take it seriously, in a sense. Mm-hmm. Well, like, um, Shit's Creek was really popular a couple of years ago. I think it was 2020, and no one had watched it. And then when it the season had ended is when everyone started watching it, and it became, like, one of the most popular Netflix shows. That's really funny, that show. Talking yeah. about Shit's Creek, one yeah, of Shits Creek. Yeah, yeah. the the main actress, well, one of the main actors, the, the, the daughter yeah, of, yeah, the, she of is. the family, yeah, yeah. is now in in Black Mirror season oh, yeah. three, yeah. episode one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. With, uh, a good episode, huh? I haven't, I haven't finished it. I am in the middle of, of the first mm. episode, and yeah. the one that what's the name is awful. Joan. Oh, is Joan awful. is awful. Yeah. That's the same book. It's yeah. interesting. I, it's without spoiling anything. I like the the topic that it deals with technology wise. Yeah. Mm. yeah, as I said, it's very timely, especially given current very. things with the yeah. entertainment. Yeah. The irony, right? <laughs> yeah. Right. Wow. Um, I think that wraps up about what's um, been out for. I'd say June. Let's say, um, I think a lot to look forward to in or interesting stuff to look forward to next month, which we'll do another roundup. Uh, but in the meantime, um, thank you for joining us, and we'll see you next time. We hope you enjoyed this film and TV review.com episode. Catch the latest film and TV reviews together with regular episode content from the world of film and TV every week. See you soon. Would you like to reach our film and TV review podcast audience? Do you have a product or service of interest to film and TV home consumers or followers of the entertainment industry? Have a film or show production to publicize? For affordable price plans for all budgets, get in touch and find out about our introductory advertising options. Reach our audience of film and TV viewers and visit our site contact page at filmandtvreview.com, or you can email us at business at filmandtvreview.com. Reach out today.